my friend, are listening to The Happy Hearthstone. This episode is brought to you, as always, by listeners just like you. In fact, some of them are you. Some of you, like Typical Tyrant, Chris M., Nicholas D., Nick Patrick, Jordan L., Algaron, Zeroshio, Andrew W., and Beef Squatch. Thank you so much for making this show happen. You can join them and get some amazing perks for yourself. If you haven't checked it out, you really should, over at patreon.com slash thehappyhearthstone. And be sure to check out our homepage, thehappyhearthstone.com, for all news and updates. Hello and welcome to episode 166 of the Happy Hearthstone, the longest running Hearthstone podcast in the history of space and time and cards. I'm your host, Andrew Brown, and this week I'm joined by you, you, and you, and you, and you, 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 and you, and you. I hope you're having a great day. I hope you're having a great week. I am actually recording this very early in the morning. In fact, we're going to have a little session where you get to know Andrew Brown just a little bit more. Because I'm in my PJs. I woke up this morning. My wife uh, works at the public school. And she has to get out the door pretty early. Because it's on the clear other side of town. So I wake up in the morning to help her get our daughter ready. Because our daughter goes to uh, see a daycare uh, down near where she works. So they have to get out the door together very early. And so they left. And I'm just still, I haven't taken care of myself. I do have to get to work today. But before I did that, I had to come hang out with you all lovely people. So thank you so much for taking some time out of your day, week, month, whatever this is spread out uh, among. Uh, Just to be with me, talk some Hearthstone, and have a little bit of fun. Because that's what we do here on the show. I'll kick things off with why I'm happy. I'll be honest, pretty much everything in my life right now is just centered around baby. We are less than a month away from the due date right now, which is absurd to think about. There's actually a really good chance that uh, that uh, my wife may be induced a little bit early just because of some uh, health complications and stuff. But we're talking... Uh, closely with our um, with our care provider and everything, and and they're actually the ones who have kind of instigated that. So, uh, so there's a good chance in about three to four weeks we're actually going to have a little one with us. We still don't know the gender. We did that the first time, and it was way too much fun. I know some of you think we're crazy. I thought my wife was crazy, but uh, this time she let me decide, and I didn't want to find out. So, um, so we don't know what we're having other than a human. I'm hopeful it's a human this time. And yeah, we've just been getting the house ready. I mean, my wife has been pretty exhausted most of the time. So uh, so a lot of laying low. Uh, we did go, get to go out on a great date last week. We went out to a new Irish pub uh, in town. If you don't know, Ireland has a little bit of story weaved in with us. We went there for our honeymoon to the actual country, not to the Irish pub around, <laughs> around the corner. And so, um, so it's nice to find a place that's local that had some uh, good atmosphere and uh, I'll tell you, the Guinness in Ireland tastes way different. And if you have not heard that, uh, hear it from me. I have found a local brewery that's actually pretty close. It's called Breckenridge Brewery. They have an Irish, uh, a ni- nitro Irish stout that is the closest thing I've found to Irish Guinness. So if you like that and want to get a taste stateside, you should go and find that. But uh, if you're not interested, then that's okay too. So. Those are the things I've thought of why I'm happy in the gaming world. Actually, this weekend, we had quite a bit of downtime. Uh, My daughter was fighting a nap one day, so I got a little extra hangout time. And I decided to play Apex Legends for a long time. I don't know if I... I don't think I've talked about it much on the show. This isn't an Apex Legends podcast, so I won't talk much about it. But I gotta say... I I really enjoy that game a lot, especially now that I'm kind of getting a feel for the weapons, the upgrades, where you want to land, that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, definitely the first battle royale I've actually had fun with, and I'm I, I I've been a fan a fan of Titanfall for a long time, and this was made by the same group, so maybe it's some of those roots in how they develop games that has just seeped into to what I enjoy in this one, but. I uh, like the class structure. There's just a lot I like about the game, and I haven't paid a penny for it. I probably need to at some point, uh, just to say thank you for giving me hours of entertainment. 
but yeah, I've, I've really been enjoying that. And then in Hearthstone, I've actually, I've been ranking up pretty, uh, pretty steadily. So I'm at rank three right now. I got to rank three the other day, fell a little bit and was able to fight my way back. Uh, and we'll talk in the main topic about the deck I've been using, the different cards that are in there, some of the adjustments that I'm making for that. So I don't want to spoil all of that, but things have been going pretty well on the ladder so far this month, and it's because I'm using the broken glass. No, not the not the broken glass. That's that's a tactic that we don't use on the Happy Hearthstone. The broken class, the cards and the class, they work well together. Anyway, uh, that's most of why I'm happy today. Let's go ahead and talk about the news. There's not much. There's a couple things that I wanted to recount here. I will, uh, I, I guess as a forewarning, I will say that this is one of those weeks where I feel like there's going to be some announcement before I release this, but after I'm recording this. So you can go look on uh, Hearthbone and Hearthstone Top Decks, and I'm sure there's some some new thing that I can't talk about right now because I don't know, but um that's my that's my bold prediction for the, for this week of the episode. That just seems to happen, unfortunately, with my recording time. But uh, but this week we actually had a, a an event called the the Esports Arena Hall of Heroes. Esports Arena is a a brand of they're 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 kind of like the cool internet cafe now. They're much more esports focused. I actually found out we've got one here in town that's actually in a Walmart. So. You know, I've, I've typically seen like subways and nail salons and banks in Walmart. Now we've got an esports arena here in Colorado Springs of all places. So I need to go check it out because I found out they do some Hearthstone events and stuff. But uh, but esports arena has sponsored this event in the past and they bring in a ton of high level competitors. It This actually to me kind of seems like a um, a grandmaster's light because some of these players are high level right now, and some of them are just really well known in the community. They're they're all fantastic players, um, but you've got you know really high competitive players like Muzzy, uh, Orange, Just Saying, Fino, and then you've got some other people who have who have been good and who are still good. They just haven't really been heavy in the scene lately. So like Raynad, Firebat, Strife Crow, so uh, Zelay is in there. So really cool to see this. Um, it was the first specialist tournament that we've really had that was in this high of a, uh, 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 in the eye of the community. So uh, it was a big deal for that, I would say. And I, I was looking all through here to try and get the stats for this, but I couldn't find the exact number. Um, but the big news from this was the interesting point that when you allow... Uh, when you allow competitors to only bring one class, they're usually going to bring the most powerful class. And right now, uh, that's kind of rogue. So out of the 16 competitors that they had, I, I don't want to misspeak here, but I, I just cannot find the number. I think it was like 12 or 13 of them brought rogue, which is pretty nutty. That means the entire tournament was mirror matches, which filled my heart with immense amounts of compassion for the uh, casting talent for this event because they had to find interesting things to say during every match that practically was the same. So, um, yeah, sorry about that, you people. <laughs> but the uh, top four for the event, we had Racy coming in fourth, RDU was third, Firebat took second, and Zelay was the champion. So congrats to everyone who competed in that, and congrats to Zelay for a well-deserved win. Um, I Well, I, you know, and honestly, for me, it, this has sparked a lot of conversation in the community because a lot of semi-pro or people who are kind of trying to break into the scene, and even uh, professional players alike, casters, are voicing a lot of opinions across the board about um, there is obviously an issue right now with where the Hearthstone esports scene is. And we have not been into this uh, this series, I guess, for, for very long. We had the Las Vegas Masters qualifiers that were taking place with specialists. Uh, we had the, uh, the, the World Finals for this past year. And now we're entering into a new era. And... It seems like there is there there are quite a few issues, and a lot of people are not totally sure about what the core issue is. 
Some people are thinking that it is the specialist format. I would say a majority of the voices I've seen online are, are saying that they think that specialist is the culprit. Some people are wondering if it's just a state of the meta. The fact that Rogue is so powerful right now in the context of specialist is really the issue. If, uh, if there was some more balance, if classes were a little bit more fairly represented across the board, then things might be different. And I guess those are the two things that I, I guess open cups uh, are are another another thing that people are bringing to light. Um, essentially, that with these masters qualifiers, you have to get first place to qualify for the event. And uh, there were many people who are very good players, um, very prolific in the scene, who stated that they competed in pretty much every masters qualifier and weren't able to qualify. And that feels bad. Um, if you if you've ever played a session of Hearthstone where you were trying to rank up to get to a ladder but or a, a ranked floor but you ended up uh, falling down and you invested an hour or two into that you know that this game inherently sometimes can be frustrating for that reason um, but I think that for all these people who are trying to get their name out there trying to compete at a high level when there's only one spot that means to some degree, luck has to be on your side. Um, it's not 100% luck, obviously, but um, for people who have grinded for every single Masters qualifier, it's just kind of crazy. Anyway, uh, I, I step back to say that I'm hopeful that there are going to be some changes here um, because I, I can imagine that from the Blizzard side of things, they want to see things shake out, right? They want to give it some time. They don't just want to change every minute when there's feedback or when something seems a little off. Sometimes things can course correct on their own, especially as you continue to release new cards and, and stuff like that. Uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that the announcement that we would see is some kind of balance patch. And uh, if that were to happen, there's a chance that that could shift the tides of, the, of specialist format because some classes might get better. Rogue might get tampered with a little bit. Um, we'll see. I don't know. I know that uh, I know that I watched a little bit of this Hall of Heroes uh, competition. I'd already heard that most of it was rogues, and when I tuned in, it was a rogue mirror, and I I just wasn't really encouraged to watch much more than that. So, um, so kind of a bummer where that's at. I want to want to watch, you know, uh, but that format uh, right now in the current state of things is not uh, is not inherently fun to watch. So. I think it's safe to say that we are we have seen the meta kind of be defined. Uh, we've got archetypes. We've still got lots of deck lists. People aren't totally sold on on uh, specific tech choices and stuff, but we're seeing the um, the different archetypes rise to the top. So I'll be interested to see how this shakes out. Um, unfortunately, it seems like things seem to be more slow moving in this camp. Uh, I would love to see at least an announcement or or something that uh, that can get us pointed in a better direction than where we're at currently. But I, I mean, the, obviously Blizzard cares more about this than any one of us ever could. So I think we will see something soon. Uh, it's just a matter of time. That's uh, that's not exciting or encouraging news. So let me, let me give you something far more exciting and relevant to every player too. Uh, Dave Kosak announced that coming this Thursday, May 9th, we are finally going to get an announcement about when single player for Rise of Shadows is coming. I, I love that they're doing this sort of rotational thing where an expansion will come out and then a month later we get the single player because uh, I, I can't remember which expansion we learned this with. It was one of the very early ones. Um, and next Ramus, certainly it was that way. And I guess Karazhan, maybe it may have been the same. Um well, and that, I guess that was different because you had to play the single player in order to unlock those. So maybe it was Lich King, actually, because that was the first um, full expansion that had a single player component to it, if I remember correctly. So maybe it was that when they learned it. Anyway, um, everyone wants to play with new cards when the expansion comes out, right? That's that's what's most important. Uh, and I think that it's great that we can sort of fill in the gaps, have a different play style, something new and fresh to do in between expansions. And a month later feels about right. Things are starting to get solidified. Um, you can, you know, you'll be able to get all of these packs and stuff. So you'll be able to get some new cards. 
And uh, yeah, there's actually, there's quite a few modes with the single player. We don't have time to get through all of them. Uh, and, we, and we've talked about them in depth before. You can go back and look at the Year of the Dragon announcement if you want to remember all of that. And so there is going to be a lot of replayability, a lot of new things, fresh things uh, for this. So should be, um, I hope the hype, uh, I, or I hope the final product lives up to the hype. So, uh, and I, I'm sure it will with this one. So Thursday, May 9th, uh, there, we're going to get a video from mission designer Giovanni Scarpati. We've seen him before, and he's going to talk to us about some of the things that are coming, including a launch date. And Dave Kosak said, quote, unquote, don't worry, it's soon. I'm going to hold you to that, Dave. <laughs> I, I would actually predict that we would see this maybe the week after. So maybe May 16th, we'll see this uh, release. And yeah, this is just great. I It's kind of been weird how there haven't been more announcements. I would think they would be wanting to hype it up, but maybe they're, maybe they're super busy on these balance patches and stuff. I'm sure they are, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I'll be looking forward to seeing this video. I'm sure you are too. I remember from my interview with Liv Breeden from the uh, design team that at the very end, I don't know if you caught this, she said how excited she was for the single player content. And I don't know, there was just something about the way that she said it that really made it sound like there are things you don't even know about that are going to blow your mind in this. So I've really been sort of keeping that in my back pocket, and I'm I'm really thrilled to see what that is. So should be a lot of fun. All right, well, before we get into our main topic, I have a free sponsor break for you. A free sponsor break? Aren't they always free? Well, okay, technically they are. But here's the thing. I only want to talk about stuff during the sponsor break today that's actually free. There's no sales pitch. There's nothing like that. Um, I, I want to talk about the free ways that you can support this show. And the reason I want to talk about that is because if you enjoy this show, I want you to know that your input really has a big impact into the the longevity, what I'm able to do here. And so um, I, I would really encourage you, if you've been coming back for a while, uh, if, if this is a podcast that you really look forward to every single week, there are two things I want to ask you to do that will take you minimal amounts of time. Literally, I mean, it could take you five minutes to do both of these. And they're free to do, and they will impact the show and potentially your collection in a positive way. So the first thing is iTunes reviews. You've heard me talk about this if you've ever heard me on this, on this show before. But iTunes is a place where most people find podcasts when they're looking for them. And the Apple Podcast reviews are a huge way that iTunes figures out how to show people which, um, which podcasts when they're looking for them. The fact that this show has been around for a long time has been a big help for that department. Uh, being the longest running Hearthstone podcast has its perks, and that's certainly a big one. But your reviews can make or break, or I guess your reviews can make, or the lack of them can break the potential future there. So whether you've been listening for a long time or for not so long, uh, go and leave an Apple Podcast review. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts right now, it's as simple as backing out and hitting the submit a review. I, I believe it's submit a review button on there and leaving a few quick words about it. Um, I, I'd love to read those on the show, and it's been a while since we've gotten one on here. In America, it was January when someone la last left one, so that's kind of crazy. So I, I feel like we can do better, and what I'm really excited about doing is that every other month, I raffle off an hour of Hearthstone coaching to people who have left a review. And so if, if that's interesting to you, if you are kind of hitting a wall and you're not sure how to get better, you could leave an iTunes review and get entered into this drawing. And potentially we can sit down and I can help you sort through some of, uh, some of whatever you're going through and help you get on the right track there. So I know coaching has helped me a lot personally in the past, so I'm really excited to be able to offer that. And if you're interested in that, all you have to do is leave a review and then shoot me an email, thehappyhearthstone at gmail.com to let me know you did that and what your username is. And as I've said before, that raffle is open to anyone, uh, <laughs> I, I almost said posthumous, posthumously, wow, I cannot say the word in my brain. I think you know what I was talking about. 10 brownie points if you do. 
for people who have left reviews in the past, you are more than welcome to enter into the drawing as well. I've only got one entry right now, so I don't want to spoil it for that one person, but I'm just saying your chances are really good if, if you go and do this. So, uh, so go and leave a review and email me, or if you have left a review, you can email me and let me know that you want to get in that as well. So that's the first thing, Apple Podcast Review. I hope we can read several this next week um, and celebrate that together. The second thing is the Happy Hearthstone newsletter. So I've been uh, I've been working on this for upwards of a year now, actually, of just creating a place where you can be reminded about the different things that I'm coming out with. There's actually a lot of stuff that that I uh, that I'm I've been releasing. Uh, obviously, you know, right now with the Patreon, we've got the weekly podcasts that are coming out. I've got weekly content for $5 and above patrons. I've got the deep dives that I've started doing for people who are in the inner fire. And blog posts have sort of been coming in and out. I actually um, been really excited to uh, release one this week for my buddy Electric Mick, who was on the show recently. So, uh, so he's got a blog post that's up on the page. If you're interested in writing, by the way, email me. Let me know. We can talk. So this this email newsletter really is a free way to let you know in your email that uh, that there's new stuff from me. And it's really helpful because we all have email. We all check it. Uh, some of us like it more than others. But it's uh, it's an important part of sort of our daily habits. And so one uh, a couple things. This is, man, this is a lot of free stuff, okay? So when you sign up for the Happy Hearthstone newsletter, you get a free download of a PDF I created that is uh, the ultimate guide to Twitch streamers who will help you get better at Hearthstone. There are plenty of Twitch streamers, obviously, and many of them are great. Uh, some of them are average. I don't know. All the people I like are great. <laughs> and many, But many of them are tough to find who will actually intentionally help you with your gameplay. And that's not to, to say they're going to coach you for free on their sh on their stream, but they're explaining their plays and the why behind uh, their their deck choices, their play choices, pretty much everything. So this list is streamers who are good in uh, very specific ways. So like I've got deck a uh, section of deck builders on there, arena specialists. And then uh, most of the classes, I've got streamers on there who specialize in those different classes. So if you really want to get better at Mage, you can download this and find a Mage streamer or two. Um, and Wild streamers are on there. And of course, all my friends as well, because I got to shout them out. So you get that download for free when you sign up. That's just my small way of saying thank you. And it's an investment for you to know who are the streamers that are going to help you improve uh, at uh, at Hearthstone. I really do think it's a core part of getting better at this game. And then the second reason you should sign up for the newsletter is because every month now, and today is actually the very first time, I'm going to be giving away seven packs of your choice uh, for being a part of the newsletter. So why don't we go ahead and do that right now? Going to see who we've got here and it looks like the winner is Brian O. Congratulations, Brian O. Just shoot me an email, thehappyharson.gmail.com, to claim your free seven packs of your choice. And if you're interested, because I've done all this hyping for the newsletter, you just need to go to thehappyharstone.com slash newsletter and sign up there, just your name and email address. And I'll shoot you updates about any time I've got new stuff coming out. And you will get that free PDF download and be entered into the drawing. And uh, you just have to be an active subscriber of that list whenever I do the drawing. And that'll be the first show of every month that I'll do that drawing on. So, okay. So you've got your assignments, okay? You can do them while you're listening to the rest of the show. If you're working right now, just open up a little tab real quick. Do those things. Or uh, if you're driving right now, don't forget. Maybe I'll bring them up at the end just to remind you. iTunes reviews and entering into the newsletter. Okay, so thank you so much to everybody who has done those things as well, and thanks in advance for those of you who will. All right, let's go ahead and look at the meta because you need some tools. Everybody wants to get better, right? Getting better with the meta. I should call it that, I think. <laughs> Just my own personal opinion. And if you haven't listened before, you should know I use hsreplay.net for all of the meta analysis and stuff. 
If you haven't checked it out, you obviously should. It is available to everyone, hsreplay.net, and you can go to slash meta to check out these things that I'm talking to you about here. Uh, currently, right now, at Tier 1, looking at all games across the Hearthstone universe, we're looking at Mech Hunter and Token Druid as the Tier 1 decks right now. Uh, lots of games, according here, to over 18 million games analyzed to kind of bring this data. Uh, that's why that's why I'm a big fan. Obviously, I'm a little biased. If you don't know, I do I do work part time with HS Replay as well, uh, doing their customer support stuff. But man, since I've started using this tool more in depth, uh, there there are so many things that are helpful as I'm queuing up on the ladder and stuff. So that's my very short sales pitch. Go check it out, hsreplay.net. Let's look at Token Druid and Mech Hunter here. Token Druid, to me, is sort of feeling like the new Odd Paladin. And they had similar play styles, so that's obviously a big part of it. But if you remember correctly, throughout last year, Odd Paladin was always in Tier 1 uh, on the hsreplay.net meta. So it's kind of crazy, like thinking about um, why that happens, because, you know, we're looking at data from all regions, all ranks here. Very similar to Odd Paladin, Token Druid is able to maximize opportunity when you're playing against somebody who doesn't know how to deal with a wide board. And granted, there are some decks that aren't prepared for that, but... Um, but I, I think that even uh, even if you are prepared with the deck that you have, there are many players who kind of buckle under the pressure of a really aggressive deck. And that tends to be sort of in those 20 to 10 ranks. But, um, but yeah, I think that's a big reason why Token Druid is still up here. Because um, when, uh, like from my experience playing from rank 5 to, um, to 3 so far, I haven't matched up against a single Token Druid. And I think that's because Token Druid has a very unfavorable matchup against uh, against Warriors. Let me check that real quick. Yeah, I guess it's only Control Warrior actually that really gives it the gives it an issue. It still performs pretty well against Bomb Warrior. Um, it's Zulok, I guess, that really gives it the gives it a run for its money. So, um, so if you're seeing a lot of Token Druid still, that's probably the best thing I could tell you. Um, but Mech Hunter, my goodness, Mech Hunter has been a force to be reckoned with lately. And um, while we still don't necessarily have the deck, um, I can speak of what's the most popular deck here, um, which is running Flark. It's running a, a Defender of Argus, uh, uh, two copies of Nine Lives, and two Whirly Gliders. I don't think I've actually, I don't have experience with this one specifically. I, I have run one uh, mostly with Mechanical Whelps, although I don't think that that's ideal, uh, especially right now where the meta is a little bit faster. It's, and, you know, Tempo Rogue, I've heard of that deck before. Uh, it can just kind of burst you down, so you don't want to be uh, playing too much into the late game. So, uh, yeah, why is Mech Hunter doing so well? Well, there's a couple of reasons. The main thing is that Mech Hunter does extremely well against all variants of Warrior. Um, according to the page right now, it's got a 67% win rate against Bomb Warrior and 61% against Control Warrior. So if you are in the anti-control uh, camp right now, <laughs> Mech Hunter might be a really good um, a really good archetype for you to uh, dig your teeth into. Control Shaman does better, surprisingly, and I have not spent a lot of time with Control Shaman, but um, or Big Shaman for that matter. But yeah, it's it's really interesting to see that uh, Mech Hunter also does really good against Cadgar Mage and and uh, the Dragon variants there. So if you're those those lists have kind of gone in and out. I really haven't seen them in my experience lately either. Yeah, I'm pulling up my replays right now so I can speak from experience uh, rather than what I think is experience. Again, one of the really nice things about HS Replay is I can just go and look at my look at my replays here. Um, yeah, this is fascinating to me. So I'm looking at all of the games I have played from rank five because I got up to rank one last month. And so I dropped to rank five. So I played a little bit of Hunter, one game of Mage. Wow. That, that that's that's something huh and looking at this from rank so only this season rank five to rank three i have only come up against rogues hunters warriors one shaman and two priests 
So I think mostly looking at this, it's Hunter and Rogue. Actually, yeah, there aren't even that many warriors. There's, there's still a considerable amount of warrior, but it's mostly Rogue and Hunter. I, I have seen zero Druid, zero Warlock, and zero Paladin. Uh, and, you know, the one uh, the one shaman tech just barely making it in there. So, uh, yeah, that is that is very interesting. And I think it's you know, this is this is the evidence that you can see of a meta that's probably not where it should be. We don't want to live in fantasy dreamland where every single class is perfectly balanced with one another. That is so difficult to do. It's too high. I, I would argue it's too high of a bar for us to set for the developers. But when you're having this much, uh, this much intensity on three different classes, it's kind of insane. And it's nice that they sort of balance each other. You've got Tempo Rogue. Uh, the rock, paper, scissors right now is Tempo Rogue beats... Um, can beat uh, Mech Hunter. Mech Hunter can beat uh, Control Warrior, and then Control Warrior really uh, takes Tempo Rogue out. And the only reason Control Warrior is really a thing is because it's the only hard counter to Tempo Rogue at this point. Um, and there's no other deck that has is such a high per uh, win rate percentage against Tempo Rogue as Control Warrior does. So those are the three boogeymen, as it were, right now. And, you know, you've got some Shaman things here and there. You've got Midrange Hunter that's actually a thing. And Secret Hunter is taking off as well. So, uh, so Hunter isn't a one-trick pony. And Warrior, you do have the bombs there, although they tend to get diffused by, uh, by Tempo Rogue. It's honestly uh, not that surprising to me. Tempo Rogue just falls barely into the very top of Tier 2. And uh, it's because Rogue is tricky, right? So I, I wanted to take some time to talk a little bit about this list I've been playing and offer a tip or two to those of you who have been trying to make Rogue work but may not quite be there yet. Um, that's okay. You are certainly not alone. I hope you don't feel that way at all. Rogue is one of the more difficult classes to really get under your belt. You can go back and listen. Uh, there was a, uh, an episode I did with my friend Geldarian uh, called, um, Gain Stealth for One Episode, I think. <laughs> so you can go back and find that where we talked Rogue more in depth. He's, he's far more a Rogue aficionado than I am. I won't go through this whole list. Uh, you can go check it out. I actually posted it on my Twitter at Andrew's Living if you're interested in that. But we will talk about some of the main cards that are really seeing a lot of play in these lists and especially are sort of in the crosshairs of the community as far as nerve, expected nerfs and stuff like that. The really interesting thing is that this list has a ton of classic and basic cards. Uh, really, the only new cards... I mean... Let's just talk about that for a second. The only cards from uh, standard rotation sets are Evil Miscreant, Raiding Party, Life Drinker, and Myra's Unstable Element and High Spear and Togwaggle. So, uh, oh wait, did I say Waggle Pick? Waggle Pick is one of those two. So everything else are classic and basic cards. And we've heard the developers say several times that, uh, especially like I think about Druid and some of the nerfs that happened around uh, Nourish and Wild Growth, is that they don't like it when a class becomes overwhelmingly classic and basic cards. They want it to feel fresh when new sets hit and stuff like that. So they don't want to, uh, they don't want to have too heavy of fallback for you uh, no matter what the expansion cards are and we've got so much stuff here backstab preparation eviscerate sap edwin van cleef si7 agent uh, leroy jenkins of course is in there i i think that leroy is uh, I, I think he is the one that they need to all of fame that they really don't want to <laughs> Uh, just because he's so iconic, it would it would be sad for many of us. But um, but yeah, so I'm I I really don't know. I don't want to spend too much time speculating either. Uh, my buddy uh, Blister Guy did a fantastic episode recently on Walk to Work about his uh, his thoughts on what he thinks is going to get nerfed, and I'd uh, I'd highly recommend you go check that out. But really, preparation is one of the biggest offenders, I would argue that is making things difficult. But it's a tough one to nerf because preparation is so core to the identity of Rogue. 
But I'll remind us in the same vein as the Druid nerfs that happened, wild growth we once said at a time was core to the identity of Druid. And granted, Druid, I think, still has to get its legs underneath it, so things haven't quite been resolved there, but I, I do think that it was probably better for Druid as a whole that Wild Growth went up to three uh, rather than staying at its own. So Prep uh, prep could see, uh, you know, reduce the cost of your next spell by two. That doesn't feel great. I honestly, I know that they're kind of against this, but I would love it if they sort of redid what preparation does. So it could still be a zero cost spell, but maybe it does something like uh, adds a spell damage to your next turn or to your next, um, maybe all, all spells this turn or something get plus one spell damage. That would actually be kind of interesting. Um, or it did something like, I almost wanted to like draw half a card. I know that's ridiculous, but um, maybe it maybe it adds a lackey to your hand. Uh, you don't want that in the classic set, but something like that, a lackey or a spare part, maybe it just gets you something that uh, can sort of give you a little bit more fuel uh, and actually activate things. I mean, I've had several games where I'll play prep into Evil Miscreant just because I need something to activate to get those lackeys. So there are times where you play prep as a zero mana nothing, and that's fine because the upside of the combo with Evil Miscreant is just so high. Um, now, don't go looking for those plays, but they will come and find you if you play if you play these lists enough. So, uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And and like I said, there may already be an announcement as you're as you're listening to this, but hopefully we'll see something soon. In the meantime, this list is good. Uh, these uh, this archetype is good. And something that I've had to learn from discipline is that when you want to rank up, you need to play the best deck. And I would argue that right now, as long as you're not seeing a ton of warrior on the ladder, Tempo Rogue can keep up with pretty much anything that your opponents do. Things you're looking for in your mulligan, well, you're looking for the coin. So if you get that, you're doing good so far. Uh, really, if you can get the coin and you can coin out um, Evil Miscreant on turn two, you almost always want to do that. I can't think of a single situation where you don't, honestly. Um, yeah, that's that's just what you want in the early game. But the other things that you can do uh, coining into a raiding party or an SI7 agent are okay and can be really good too. So you think about like coining raiding party on turn two, turn three, you can dagger and South Sea deckhand. Uh, maybe you can, well, I guess that makes your turn three kind of, kind of awkward, doesn't it? Uh, the other ways that you can activate are with a backstab, like I mentioned, the prep. This uh, this list does run one copy of Shadow Step also, although I, I feel like I'm not using that Shadow Step very often. It's still kind of nice to have just sort of in your back pocket. I feel like this is one of those decks where if you can get the mulligan right, then you've got a very good chance of doing well for a very long time with this list. So I, I, I would highly encourage you, if you're checking out Tempo Rogue lists, if you're watching streamers and stuff, uh, watch how they, how they mulligan and ask why they mulligan certain things if it doesn't make sense to you. Uh, when you're coming up against Mech Hunter, Sap is a really good keep because if they magnetize something once or twice, you just throw it back and it's gone. You essentially uh, took away one of their cards and also made them play this again whatever the baseline was again so that can be very good sometimes if things line up you can end up having an insane edwin turn you usually don't want to go for that but i mean i've seen i've seen screenshots of people with turn two uh you know 12 12 edwins and stuff like that i don't quite know how that i guess you can you can coin you can backstab backstab uh raiding party south sea deckhand edwin Let's see, five times two. Yeah, that's a 12-12. There you go. If my math is right. I hope my math is right. Uh, so yeah, sometimes you just end up saying, you know what, I'm going to go all in really early and see what happens. Uh, Myra's Unstable Element obviously is an all-in card. There are times where you're forced to play it because you're up against a control warrior and you just don't have any tools and you need to get some more tools in your hand. So you just say, okay, one last go at this and, and maybe I can get enough to, to win this. Or early on in the game, you might be so close to lethal that all you need is one more card. You need an Eviscerate, you need a South Sea Deckhand, you need a Deadly Poison, you need an SI7 Agent, you need a 
uh, Life Drinker, you need a Waggle Pick, you need Leroy. Are you noticing that every one of these cards can do something the turn you, <laughs> you play them? So your chances are extremely high when you draw the entirety of your deck that you're going to get something that can help you either kill them the next turn or at, or at, uh, at most the turn after that. So this is an aggressive deck. There are times when you do want to trade, uh, you know, the, the ever important question of do you trade or go face? The big question you have to ask is what am I risking by leaving whatever they have on their side of the board open? With Mech Hunter, you have to be very careful about leaving any mech alive. It doesn't matter if it's a, a little Joey bot. That Joey bot can get buffed up and with a Zilliax or uh, even a Venomizer or something to just be uh, to be trickier to deal with. So, uh, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, Rogue also historically does not have much uh, much healing, and this list is no different. The Life Drinkers are really, really nice. There was actually one game in particular where I, I was in a mirror, and we were both really, uh, really close to killing each other off, and it was just going to be a matter of who can, uh, who can put in that last little bit of damage. I didn't have something to kill them that turn, but I did have a Life Drinker, a uh my last charge of a waggle pick and the shadow step and i had i i guess it was i must have had eight mana to be able to play all of that and you can you can be darn sure that i did so i played life drinker three times that turn was able to deal nine damage to them and restore nine health to myself they were two off lethal so that won me the game um so the, these life drinkers are huge for this list i would argue uh, not in every matchup, but uh, even even just as another activator for dealing damage, they're so good. Um, and they're helpful for your uh, Play Beasts quest. I had one of those this week, and uh, Life Drinker's enough on its own. So, so yeah, can't highly recommend this deck enough. I, I've been having a lot of success with it. Uh, and if you're interested on the Patreon for $5 and above uh, members, I, I posted a video with some play gameplay of this list. I'll probably, I might even do an even deeper uh, session this week on this list uh, if we don't get nerfs. If we do get nerfs, then this, uh, depending on when those hit, uh, there might be, uh, I, I don't know. I hope that they don't take the legs out from underneath uh, Tempo Rogue because it's a fun deck to play, but it's just without, uh, it, it's just on the other side of too powerful, I would argue right now. So, so yeah. Go get it. Again, you can check out the list that I'm playing at twitter.com slash andrewisliving, and you can uh, check out the video over at patreon.com slash thehappyhearthstone. Oh, and I guess I didn't officially say it, but that is absolutely my how to have a happy time deck of the week. So I know that, uh, you know, we're seeing um, we're seeing the Mech Hunter and Token Druid list at the top. Token Druid, I, I would highly recommend if you're, especially in that 15 to 20 rank, I think that it can be they, those can be some of your fastest games. You can the deck is is uh, is simple to learn. I would argue so as you play it, if you're really committed to it, you will get the hang of it after a few games, and you can uh, again go watch some streamers and figure it out for yourself as well. Um, but I would say that at, at pretty much any other rank, it is worth learning Rogue right now, as difficult as that can be. And another tip for you, by the way, if you go to hsreplay.net and choose um, and, and you find the deck list on there, in fact, I'll link to it in the show notes. So you can go directly to it. There's a tab on every deck list that says VODs. And what that does is it pulls videos from streamers who are using the deck tracker extension. Um, and it's, it's a great feature for streamers because they can get featured on the site, essentially. And it's great for you because you can go in and see specific matchups. You can see, uh, you can filter by if they had the coin or not, uh, if they won or lost, and who they were matched up against. So it's a really great tool for learning matchups and for learning decks, too. So if this whole Tempo Rogue thing sounds great, but you need some more uh, practical, like, game-by-game -game analysis and stuff, go check that out. It's really, really useful. Again, it's uh, hsreplay.net. You click on the deck that you want to check it out on, and then the VODs tab. Or you can go to thehappyharson.com. I'll link you directly to this deck so you can check it out for sure. All right. It is time for our community section, and right now it is a little bit dry. Just a little bit dry. Like I said, iTunes reviews have not been coming in quite as much, uh, so I'm hopeful that this next week I'll be able to read yours. And uh, if you ever do have questions for the show, 
I would be very happy to answer those. In fact, especially on these uh, solo cast episodes, some questions are usually helpful. Uh, I feel like I have a part to play on that also by reminding you on Twitter and in our Discord and stuff like that. So, uh, so yeah, I will, I will do that. But you also take initiative. If you're thinking about something, if you'd like to, you know, throw a question my way, I'd be happy to answer it. And uh, yeah, you can email me at thehappyheartcenter@gmail.com. Let's talk about a card of the week. Let's not talk. Let's sing, because that's what we do here. I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss for how to intro my card of the week song, so I'll just get to it. Here we go. I don't mind drawing through my deck one spell at a time. Cause I got this spirit gonna make a full hand mine. This is gonna hurt, so just wait a while. Especially with all this healing, so what are you gonna do? I'm healing up for 20 with Witch's Brew. What are you gonna do when I draw a three-cost spell along with it, too? Or two or three or four or five of them. Ain't it fun? Drawing with Spirit of the Frog. Ain't it good? Getting to your win condition way earlier than you should. Alright, that's what I got. Spirit of the Frog. Spirit of the Frog is an interesting card that is sort of making its way very slowly into the meta. It is a three-mana minion, a rare for Shaman, stealth for one turn like all the spirits, and whenever you cast a spell, draw a spell from your deck that costs one more. I remember talking about the spirit and saying this is just weird, but it's powerful if you can figure out how to take advantage of it. And there's a couple ways people are taking advantage of it that I wanted to highlight. In fact, I think this was the one, it must have been the one shaman that I mentioned earlier that I faced up against. They were a big shaman, so that's running the Muck Morphers, Walking Fountains, Big uh, big Bad uh, Archmage, uh, and Ysera, and all that kind of stuff. But their entire spell package, I think, was, uh, was centered around Spirit of the Frog. So some of the really important uh, spells that you can have with Spirit of the Frog are Zap to do a little damage. Mutate isn't even that bad um, because it essentially allows you to heal something and draw a one-cost spell. There's some good one-cost spells in Shaman like Earthshock and Lightning Bolt, which lead into two-cost spells like Ancestral Spirit and Witch's Brew. The three-cost spells of Farsight and Haunting Visions are fantastic because they draw you more cards already. And then Hex is sort of the... Hex in the, in the Hagatha scheme is the top end of that. So uh, it's not too hard to pull off. In fact, uh, from turn three or potentially four, I guess, you can play Spirit of the Frog and play one of those one or zero-cost spells to upgrade it, essentially, into another one, which is really strong. So... I think it's really interesting for the Big Shaman package. If your Muck Morpher hits Spirit of the Frog, it's not great, um, but at least it's just a four-four with the with the um, with the effect. So I actually it's better than I than I just gave a credit for. I think because um, the effect is very strong, and the fact that it's stealth, at least you'll be able to use it the next turn the way that you want to. So yeah, I all, all of the other uh, targets are more impressive, obviously, but. That one's not not too shabby by any stretch. And I think that it looks like the spell package, if if it works, uh, if it works on its own, like you're not having to force running this specific numerically upgrading uh, package, then, uh, then it makes sense. And it makes sense because all of your minions are on the high end. So all your spells should be on the low end. So pretty interesting there. Also had to highlight that I saw just before I started recording that Dog is playing with a Mechathune Shaman list. And you know how I feel about Mechathune if you've been listening to this show for any amount of time. I love it. And this is just a very unique list. So he's running Geppetto Joy Buzz. I think that the the dream is to hit Mechathune with Geppetto to make it a one mana one one. And then you can just play it and play uh, Zap or Lightning Bolt I think those are, I mean, actually, you could hack at the scheme it also. Um, so he's running a couple of galvanizers. So I guess he's trying to get it down to eight mana. So I, I have read that in the very worst case, even if you don't get Geppetto, 
that Shaman can kill Mechathune with two zaps and two lightning bolts because that's 10 damage. So if you get if you get Mechathune to eight, then that allows you to play out all those cards in one turn. So that's that's probably the um, the the fallback guaranteed. Hey, I do have a combo at the end of this, um, but Geppetto obviously would make it even better. So. Uh, Geppetto's other targets are Walking Fountain, Shutterwalk, uh, Giggling Inventor, and Zilliax. Uh, Shutterwalk is interesting. The only battle cries you've got here are Giggling Inventor, Geppetto, and uh, the Galvanizer. So I guess, um, oh, and you have Acidic Swamp Oozes here, because you should, right? So um, so Shutterwalk is actually like uh, not doing a ton, but even just, uh, you know, uh, spawning the uh, Anoyatrons, drawing a couple more minions from your deck, giving you another chance to hit Mechathune for one. Um, and if you have Mechathune in hand, well, actually, I guess that's the interesting thing, huh? If Mechathune is in your deck while you play Shutterwalk, then you've got a higher chance of, of tutoring it out with Geppetto and getting it for one mana. If it's in your hand, then the Galvanizers will activate and it could be even cheaper and allow you to just dump even more from your hand. So interesting dog i'm definitely gonna have to play with this i will not play it until i uh, hit legend because i'd really like to do that <laughs> this month and i'm well on my way so uh but this is definitely one i'm going to keep in my collection to play later so i uh i i will link to that deck if you were interested in the show notes at the happy as well so spirit of the frog you're having your day and you're an interesting card well done we always, I, I believed in you. I knew you could do it one of these days. Well, yeah, I want to remind you as always, as I close up the show here, that you are the happy Hearthstone. This podcast exists for you. It's sustained by you. And uh, it wouldn't exist if you didn't listen, if you didn't participate. So I know we've had a lot of new listeners join in the past couple months with Rise of Shadows and stuff. So I especially want to reach out to those of you who are new and uh, just ask how you found the show, what you're enjoying about it. If you would take the time to even just email me, thehappyharson at gmail.com, that would mean the world. Or you can follow me at Andrew is Living, and you can shoot me a tweet or a DM or whatever you want there. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on uh, on the show and what you're enjoying about it. Other ways to connect with the show, of course, thehappyhearthstone.com. You can, you can come find us there. Uh, and that's really the main one. Uh, I would promote the Discord, but right now the link is not working, so uh, it will not work. If you shoot me a, uh, a message or an email asking to join our Discord, I can I can send you an invite uh, specifically that way. But uh, yeah, it would be numerical code that you wouldn't get. So I'll just remind you about that free uh, sponsor break again. Uh, be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts so that I can read those on the show and it, and it helps out the show immensely. And you can sign up for the newsletter to get that uh, free download, uh, your guide to Twitch streamers, and uh, be entered in the monthly drawing for seven packs at thehappyhearthstone.com newsletter. All right, that's all I got for you this week. I hope you are enjoying the game. I hope you are enjoying life. I hope that you are uh, breathing deep. I'm excited for the single player coming up really fast and uh, excited to get in with some more Rogue. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you can figure it out. I hope the discussion here was a little bit helpful for you. But no matter what, thank you so much for visiting the Happy Hearthstone and having a little fun with us. I'll see you next time.